Greetings, Dr. Beckett. Welcome to the Quantum Leap Podcast. It was the greatest piece of writing that, that we did on the whole show, short of the creating a show. Because it had a, it served five different purposes. It was, you know, if we got renewed, if we got canceled forever, if we were going to make a movie of the week, if there was going to be a feature film, because we didn't know when we, when we shot it. It was so much pleasure for me to write that final episode. And I didn't know how it was going to end because we didn't know if we were going to be picked up or not. It was a uh, show I had to leave open. Don wanted to bring him home. I said, I think there's life beyond this show, that the show could come back. And if he comes home, he's not out there saving the world, saving each individual in the world, and they know the ending. So I say he stays out, and in our heart, we know he could possibly come into our life and save our life. You were in a no-win situation there. It's like any epic series. It's never going to end the way everybody wants it to end. Changing that he had a wife and kids and everything doesn't mean that he still would have. It still could have been part of his life and his history and his story, but it doesn't mean that he didn't, you know, have got divorced or we don't know. You know, we, we just, that's it. We changed that moment. I'm not sure that it meant, I know it said that, you know, now, it, you know, basically Al lived happily ever after and then Becca never made it home and everything. So I don't know what we, I don't know how he would have worked out. We never talked about it, to be quite honest. So when I got to the very end, I wrote that ending or I wrote, and he never returned, I think, whatever it was, about a day before we aired. Because it was just a subtitle at the end. So that was it. The choices that Don made in writing that episode were very bittersweet because we never thought we were going to be canceled. Our ratings were great. We had a great following. They just couldn't figure out what to do with us. So that's how Don wanted to end it, and, that, and he'd... He was the man who created it, so he had the right to do it how he wanted to do it. Whenever I look at it or see it or some, talk to somebody, I think it's genius because it was such an uh, such a bizarre, abstract kind of journey, trip back memory, whatever memory lane would be for Sam, um, with all these different characters that we'd seen, but in in a different situation. And always, you know, we had a feeling it was going to be the last episode, so it was extremely emotional. And outside of shooting, it's always hard when you're like closing night on a Broadway show or something. You're just, it's very hard to get through the show because you've been through so much and you've had so many experiences. And it was weird. It was like the rap party that year was weird because we were like, is this really a rap party? Is it a rap rap party? Or uh, it was just, it was uh, extremely difficult. And yet I think the fact that people still talk about it, I, I still am intrigued and puzzled and delighted by the whole episode. And, and the fact that we're still talking about what did it mean and who was that and was that God and was that who was it, Bruce Wiggins, all of those things. It's like, great, that's good. Everybody's talking about it. It doesn't have to be all spelled out all the time. So I, 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 I loved it. Uh, great scenes in it, great scenes with Dean at the end. It was just, and then you had the card at the end, you know, all of that stuff. And so that's, that was the last episode. It's crazy. 
Hello, everyone. This is Christopher DeFilippis, and welcome to a very special episode of the Quantum Leap Podcast. I have two very special guests joining me on this show. Guys, introduce yourselves. Uh, I am Allison Pregler. Uh, I've just recently joined the podcast. Uh, I do my own uh, YouTube series uh, that's called Movie Nights, and I also talk about uh, TV shows as well. And I'm Matt Dale. I'm the author of Beyond the Mirror Image, The Observer's Guide to Quantum Leap, uh, which is a a fan-published reference guide to the series. You guys might be wondering why I asked you here to this very special podcast. Well, I have a very specific agenda in mind. Turns out that uh, thanks to some digging by Allison, we have made a discovery. One of the most controversial episodes of Quantum Leap is Mirror Image. For decades, there's been controversy surrounding the end of the episode. Not only over what actually aired, but over what was actually filmed and Don's intent on how the series should end. And just it's been speculation forever. So we're here to shed some new light on that. Thanks to Allison's groundbreaking discovery. And Matt, as our resident QL expert, can help put us into context. And, you know, if that's still not enough, we will also be bringing you an interview with Beth herself, Susan Deal who recounts her time shooting the episode. So we'll have all that for you later in the episode, but let's just get right to it, guys, because this is big. Matt, do you agree that this is big? Uh, this is the, the biggest uncovery in, in Quantum Leap <laughs> research history. Uncovery. Un- uncovery. Alison Pregler, uncover. Uncovery. <laughs> can, can I go for that again? Uncovery. <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> this is the Geraldo Rivera of discoveries, right? This is- <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. We got the vaults. <laughs> Wait, I guess I guess there would be nothing if it was Geraldo. <laughs> right. No, no, there's something. There's definitely something. So, And of course, we're here to talk about Allison's recent discovery of proof that a final scene to Mirror Image was shot that was never aired, the existence of which was in doubt up until this discovery. So before we get into it, Allison, can you tell us about your Quantum Leap fandom in general, how you came to be a fan of the show, and how you came to start working with us here on the Quantum Leap podcast? Well, uh, I'm fairly new to the fandom in the grand scheme of things, uh, which is, it's kind of ironic that I'm the one to discover this. Um, you know, a lot of people uh, on the podcast, especially, you know, been a fan of Quantum Leap since it aired, or, you know, since they were kids. And uh with me, it wasn't until the last uh, five or six years that I ever watched it. It was never on. Um, I didn't really know anything about it except it was a show called Quantum Leap. And I'm like, man, that just sounds science-y. I don't know if I want to watch that. <laughs> um, and uh, my boyfriend really likes the show and he likes time travel stories. So uh, we watched it together and I just became obsessed and I just had to consume everything about this show. And so, you know, I read all the novels and the comics and all this behind the scenes stuff. And I was just really excited about everything about it. So uh, I started listening to the podcast and you guys had uh, a lot of great interviews and behind the scenes things and uh, stories I hadn't heard before. And uh, I just thought it was great. And I thought, you know, it'd be great to be involved with something like that with other fans of Quantum Leap. So uh, I just emailed uh, Albie about it asking if you guys needed any help. And he said, you know, you guys could always need help. So I've been helping with um, editing some of the interviews, just a little bit of audio editing. And that's how I got involved with the podcast. Well, that's terrific. Well, thanks for reaching out. We'd love to have new staff members because if you're doing audio editing, it means I don't have to do as much audio <laughs> editing. So for that, I thank you. I'll be eternally grateful. So Allison, I know you've only been a fan of the show for a little while, but you've made this amazing discovery. Can you tell us how you found these negatives? 
I was looking on eBay for uh, photo negatives uh, of Quantum Leap, and I've done this with other shows that I like. And uh, a lot of the times uh, when shows are being filmed, uh, they'll have set photographers come and take pictures of of when they're filming. And uh, sometimes you can get really interesting things from that, like um, deleted scenes or um, people just uh, actors hanging out in between takes or other sorts of things that, that I find interesting. So I found these for sale and I bought them and I talked a little bit with the lady who was selling them. She she got them in a lot. Uh, I think she just orders a, a lot of things that Universal or other companies are selling. So she didn't really know much about what was in it, except it was a lot of uh, like a handful of episodes, mostly from season five. And I thought, uh, you know, wouldn't this be really cool if it had some deleted scenes in it? But I didn't know it would have like the ultimate deleted scene in it. So uh, I was I, I ordered it and I got them and I was looking through the strips and, uh, you know, just trying to identify what episodes they were because some of them were labeled and some of them weren't. And I came across a page and I was looking at it. And I thought, you know, this looks an awful lot like that scene that I read that Donald Belisario d- said didn't happen because there's a script that's been floating around for a while of the, of that uh, ending scene. And I knew about that, but I didn't know it was actually filmed. And uh, I scanned him in. I couldn't believe what I found. I was so excited about it. What were the negatives of? The negatives were of an added scene for the end of Mirror Image. Uh, and the way that Mirror Image ended, uh, for people who don't recall, was uh, – <laughs> I don't know why you're listening to this if you don't recall. But um, Sam leaps as himself to Beth and tells her that Al is coming home and fixes his life. And it ends with a, a summary of what happened with Al's life and uh, and says that Sam never returned home. And that's the ending. But they filmed uh, something uh, after that that I guess would have led into season six which is Al and Beth in the present day, uh, which would have been like uh, 1999, I think, uh, in their home discussing what happened. And Al is saying that Sam left as himself and he's disappeared and he can't find him. He's looking at a picture of uh, Sam and there's two different versions. There's a version where uh, Beth uh, says that I know you're going to find Sam because that's what friends are for. And that's how that ends. And there's another version where she says, you've got to go leap to find him and convinces him to go. And he leaps into the bar and ends up leaping into the future after that. Uh, and so this, the photos are of uh, them in the study discussing this, looking at a frame, uh, presumably of Sam. Gotcha. Okay. Now, Matt, we need you to provide sort of context for this because as Allison alluded to, this has been somewhat controversial whether or not the scene even existed. So can you tell us up until this point before the discovery what was known or speculated on when it came to these fabled mirror image lost takes? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we over the years, we've had really four key pieces of evidence about how mirror image could have ended. Firstly, we've got the original draft script, uh, the very first script, February 12th, 1993. As Alison's described, it ends with Beth and Sam having that famous scene together we've all seen. And then uh, we we go forward to the year 2000 and Beth and Al have a conversation and Beth says, yeah, you'll, you'll find him. Just keep looking for him. There's then a script revision on February 22nd, 1993. And that's where this whole alternate ending uh, really starts expanding, where Beth convinces Al to leap after Sam. And we have a leap back into the the mining town and then a a leap into the far future. It adds several minutes of 
script to the whole thing. It really comes across as a bit of a flight of fancy on Don's part. It's hard to imagine that any of that was ever intended to be filmed because it's such a a lengthy piece of script and it it doesn't really sit right. So I don't think there was ever any belief that that alternate ending was filmed. And there's even rumours that that Belisari has written off those pages as being uh, fan fiction. We know that's not the case. We have original scripts to hand. I have that revised February 22nd with the alternate ending. That is an actual production script that's not apocrypha, that's just surfaced at a con yep. and been passed off. You've, you've been able to authenticate that? Um, I, I have another production script as well. So if somebody's uh, creating knockoffs, they've done, um, they've done a couple of them. <laughs> what, what, what convinced me um, that these pages hadn't simply been added to the back by an enthusiastic fan is... In the front pages of the script, uh, there's a list of characters and locations, and that specifically lists uh, the characters and locations in the alternate ending. So it's it's very hard to believe that somebody would have gone to that effort to, to make that up. Was that in the second or the third revision of the script? Uh, that's in the, the, the... There's two revisions of the script. That's in the second revision. Okay. And I have a copy of that script. So I'll uh, post a link to the relative pages. We'll scan them. We'll put them up on the Quantum Leap podcast website. So you guys can check those out as well when you're done listening to us here. So go on, Matt. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, sorry. So we have those those two endings in script form. There's a, a fan publication from a few years back that quotes Don as, as writing off that second one, but they, they don't really cite a proper reference for that quote. So um, I, I'm inclined to think that they're completely legit. Then we come on to what's filmed, and that's where things obviously start to to come into um, the realms of real speculation. We've seen that there was a video leaked many years ago. There's a, a short version of this available online and a longer version that's um, lurking around fan circles. They're very similar. Essentially, we have the Beth and Sam scene where Sam says, uh, Al's alive, he's coming home. And then the photo of young Al leaps into a photo of older Al and his family. That then fades to black, and we have Sam's theme playing over a number of still frames of the episode, just like a normal episode would end, but with this addition of the uh, the photo of Al's family. In that version that you're describing, there was no title card about Sam never returning home? No title card. The photos fade to black, and then the end credits come up. Hmm. Okay. And I guess that's obviously maybe if they were thinking about it as a season finale rather than a series finale. Yeah, potentially. I mean, it's still um, it's still quite a downbeat ending. It still has Sam stuck in the scene with Beth. Um, there's no implication that he's leapt out. The only real difference between that and what was televised is that you, you get to see Al's family and uh, and you don't get those very definitive words uh, Dr. Sam Beckett never returned home, which is then that's the obviously the, the the final edit replaces that photo with caption cards and uh, and replaces the collection of still frames with a, a single picture of Sam and Al stood outside the bar. Right, and was there another version you had alluded to? There was a second version that has been floating around fan circles. What is that about? There's a shorter version. Yeah, the, there's a shorter version that just ends after the photo of Al and his family. Uh, and then it just cuts out. So that's that's the more commonly known version. No one really knows what happens after that. Uh, but that seems to just be um, the same version. But uh, whoever captured that for the web edited out the uh, the end credits, which is a shame because the end credit sequence is quite nice. 
I'd seen that because it's on Al's place, the short version of it that just ends after the photo. And that was another reason why I I recognize some of this, because in the negatives, they have those family photos sitting on the table in front of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing that I noticed as well, because I had seen that years ago, and it made Al's picture leaping make so much more sense. I was quite baffled as to why Dom would have left it out, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, the fact that then you see that same exact photo as set dressing in these these pictures that Allison has uncovered, hmm. it shows you that they did have something much more definite in mind. So where does the disconnect begin, Matt? I know that Don said this is, you know, sometimes akin to fan fiction, especially the stuff with Al and the far future and the space bar. And when you saw what Allison had uncovered, were you able to write off some things very definitively as, wait a minute, now we know. Yeah, it suddenly all made sense because the script as written has uh, this beautiful scene um, with Sam and Beth and then a zoom into a photo and then a zoom back out of the photo to where, where they'd obviously do um, a transition into the far future. And it never quite sat right that actually this somewhere between scripting and filming um, with apparently no other revisions, it suddenly becomes this leap um, leap effect on the photo either to uh, another photo of Al or just to nothingness depending on which uh, which of the edits it is my assumption had always been that there was a, a further draft script out there somewhere that just removed that final scene uh, with Beth and Al um, that was the only way that I could I could put those together but the second I saw those negatives it became very clear that actually that that assumption was wrong and uh, and boy, was that exciting to discover that was wrong because that that scene really finishes off the show in a in a very different light. I always believed that the script was real, but I didn't know they actually filmed it. My assumption was that they took the family photo and then they found out that they weren't going to be renewed or changed their mind or whatever, and then didn't film it. So that was really a shock to me to to find that it existed. Yeah, and uh, we really aren't sure whether or not they had filmed it. Uh, we discussed that a bit with Susan Deal in her interview, and she sheds a little bit more light on that, so stay tuned. You'll hear that then. Allison, what I really want to focus on on this part of the show, though, is when you found this, were you just like, I saw your video on YouTube, <laughs> or you basically said what I think, like, oh my God, for about five minutes? I mean, just just tell me what it was like to make that discovery. And what has happened since? I was just super excited because like, you. I mean, when a show is, you know, 28 years old, um, you don't expect to discover anything that new or anything that huge about it. And to find that in there, I was ecstatic and I hadn't had it scanned in yet. So I didn't want to like, I didn't want to get people's hopes up in case I was like looking at it wrong or, or, you know, like maybe it was, it was something else and I thought it was than I, what I thought it might be. But as soon as I saw what it was, uh, I was messaging my friends. I was like, all right, like, I don't want to, I don't want to get you guys too excited, but I think like I found that ending <laughs> with Beth and Al. Like, I think that exists. Like, what? I was blown away. So I, I scanned them in and, uh, and I held it, uh, under my hat for a little bit while I was getting everything cleaned up. Cause it's, uh, when you scan in negatives, there's a lot of digital cleanup involved, you know, like dust gets in it or whatever. And, uh, so I, I got those all in and, um, I made my video about it and uh, I contacted some of my friends that uh, write articles. And uh, one of them is uh, Beth Elderkin, 
who does uh, articles for io9. And uh, I was like, hey, I, I don't know if you guys are interested, but I discovered the lost ending of Quantum Leap, um, and I have proof. <laughs> do, do you want to write about that? And she's like, oh, all right, yeah, yeah, send me some, send me some pictures. So I'm like, okay. And um, she did like a, a short little interview and um, posted it on io9. And after that, the video really blew up. They they included the video in it, and it's my highest viewed one. It's at uh, 134,000 views so far, and... Uh, it's put me in touch with a, a lot of people um, that are either old school fans of Quantum Leap or involved in some capacity. Uh, like I got to talk to uh, David Campiti, who did the comics, and uh, it's been really great. Oh, that's amazing. And I think it's just serendipity that you found it right around the same time you decided to come and join our crew on the Quantum Leap podcast. So <laughs> it's a coup for us, too. <laughs> it's great. I mean, it's, it blew my mind that I found this by chance. You know, it wasn't like I was looking for it. I just wanted to see some cool behind the scenes pictures, <laughs> but by chance, like that's really, that's great. Is that a hobby that you've had just collecting behind the scenes photos from different shows that you like? Or what, what, what's sort of the process there when, when you say you wanted to get these things? Was it a quantum leap specific love or is it just something that you like to do? It's just for shows. Like if I, if I fall in love with a show, like I obsess over it. I've just got like this fixation on it. And, um, I try not to, you know, like I'll delve into stuff about the show, but not, uh, into the actors' lives. That's where I kind of draw the line. But, um, I only do that for, shows I'm really just like obsessing over. And I, I did it with, uh, there's a show I, I really love called She Wolf of London. And uh, I looked up negatives for that. But uh, it's nice for shows that don't have a lot of behind the scenes material available anyway. Uh, because like, it, for instance, I really like the show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but there's a lot of stuff about that. I don't have to dig very far to find out things about it. And Quantum Leap does not have a lot of that available. A lot of the stuff I've learned is from you guys. Um, and there's no special features on the DVDs. There's no kind of like, you know, here's how this was made or whatever. And and I like looking at these because you can piece some things together. Like um, there's clapboards in some shots and you can see what they wrote on the clapboards or, you know, you can see how the, the actors are interacting or, or whatever. And um so sometimes you can find just kind of interesting facts. And uh, so that's why I did it with, with uh, the negatives. But I can't do it too often because they're very expensive. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she would have charged me more if she knew what it was. <laughs> right. How, how are these things usually generated, these shots? Where do they come from? Um, there's a, an on-set photographer that takes them for, uh, I think for publicity shots, um, because, you know, you see like some of the strips have things cut out that they, you know, send to magazines or whatever promotional materials that they need. And all these strips are just unedited. So you get a lot of very similar takes because they'll just, you know, rapid fire, take a bunch of frames at once. Um, and so sometimes you get kind of blurry ones or ones they accidentally take of the floor. Or, you know, this is all just unedited from when they were on set in, in the 90s. How many shows did the lot that you bought cover and how long did it take you to uncover the mirror image scene? There was, I want to say like 17 episodes. Almost all. <laughs> well, it, well, I mean, it, there was about 1500 images total. There was a lot. And uh, 
yeah, it was, it was a lot. Um, and it was uh, mostly season five. There was like one or two from three and four, but it was mostly season five. And uh, a lot of them from the episodes that they really wanted to push promotion on, like uh, Goodbye Norma Jean or the, the Elvis episode. You know, they had uh, a lot from those. Uh, the mirror image one, uh, at least from the the ending scene, was only one page. Um, and there were some other ones from the episode of like uh, Dean Stockwell and Dennis Wolfberg uh, at the control panel and things like that. But uh, to, all in all, to scan them, I mean, it took me uh, a couple months at least. And I, I knew how to do it because uh, I'd done it with the She-Wolf of London negative. So I have a special scanner that I use for it. But it takes a long time because, uh, you know, to, to do a high quality TIFF image and, and scan it in, I don't know, it's like 20 minutes per couple strips. And then you got like eight to 10 strips a page. And then you got, you know, 1500 images total. And then I got to go in and, uh, and crop them and, uh, edit out dust. And, uh, so it, it, it took a while. It's an arduous process, but, uh, the end results really show. So we do appreciate you going through all of that <laughs> to bring us, to bring us this coup. Well, thank you. I, w- I was really glad to, I was excited to share it with people. It sucked not talking about it for a while, but I didn't want to talk about it till I did the video and revealed it to people. So. It's great being able to like see people who have been fans of the show for, you know, 30 years or whatever, excited about it again and like wanting to talk about it. It's great. Well, Matt, does this send you into a tizzy? Are you going to have to put out uh, a new edition of Beyond the Mirror Image? Oh, goodness, yes. At least a a very thorough appendix. Yeah, I mean, when the news broke, I was overseas at the time and had a very, very poor internet connection. And I read the news and couldn't watch the video for about a week. Uh, (laughs) And that's all I remember of that holiday. Uh, just, <laughs> just wanting to see Alison's video, and uh, yeah, apparently there was other stuff going on in my life. But um, yeah, that was—it's uh, a huge discovery. I mean, research always involves a lot of speculation and assumption and joining the dots. And I'd—I'd I'd done that with the end of uh, Mirror Image, but it's always exciting when someone comes along and says, actually, here's a new bit of evidence. You've got to realign slightly or you've got to build this in. And um, this was amazing. And I've never been more pleased to have to adjust my understanding of one of the key events of Quantum Leap, really. It is amazing. And I'm glad that we get to speak to you as our resident expert. But we spoke to someone who also has some expertise on Mirror Image because she was in it. Allison and I had the privilege of speaking with Susan Deal, who played Beth, not only in Mirror Image, but also in MIA. Everybody knows who Beth is, Al's first wife. Uh, She's a fan favorite. She's a pivotal part of the series mythology. And when we heard about this, Albie's, his, his immediate thing was, we've spoken to Susan before. She's been a guest on the show when we did our MIA episode. So, why not see what she remembers about shooting Mirror Image? And not only that, but the end of the episode and this scene. So I know we've been keeping you waiting, but uh, without any further ado, here is our new interview with Susan Deal about the lost ending of Mirror Image. All right, everybody, as promised, on the line, we have Beth Calavici herself, Susan Deal. Susan, welcome back to the Quantum Leap Podcast. Oh, thank you so much. 
We were really anxious to talk to you because not only were you part of one of the most iconic scenes of all of Quantum Leap, the Georgia scene with Dean at the end of MIA, but you were also in the final scene with Scott at the end of Mirror Image. Now, I know that you discussed your MIA role on the podcast before, but for listeners who may not have heard, can you recount how you got the role of Beth and then tell us about reprising the role for the series finale? Were you surprised to be called back? Uh, yeah, I was surprised to be called back. And um, in terms of casting, you know, I just went for the audition as um, you do as an actor. And um, I mean, I, I remember reading the sides and just falling in love with the character. And then once, of course, I got cast and I read the whole script, I just thought it was a wonderful part. And uh, I was a big fan of the show. Always a big fan of Dean Stockwell and Scott. I just think they're terrific actors and terrific people. So it was quite a thrill to be involved with that show. Um, and as I said, the character and the way that it was written, you know, for an actress, it was quite a great challenge and a thrill to be able to dive into that part. And when you were asked to come back for the series finale, what were you able to bring to it that you had already created with your role in MIA? Well, I think that, you know, even if you're just in an episode for, uh, you know, a few weeks or a week working with actors, you know, actors are such emotional, giving people that you form a bond with them. So it's like you've lived a life with them, even though it's only for that brief time. So to me, working with both of them, and they're both such good actors and really um, intelligent and emotional actors. Um, it, it really left a big impression on me. So I, of course, was quite honored to know that they were going to bring me back in whatever way um, for the finale. But I do know that um, fans of the show really responded to the relationship between the two of us and the dynamic between Scott's character and mine as well. So I was just really happy to be able to be included in that the ending of such a beautiful show, I felt, because of all the many issues that that show touched upon. Um, I actually wish that they would bring it back and show it now, just in light of everything that's happening in the world. I wish that they would bring it back. It'd be great to see it brought back. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I don't know if they air it anywhere now, but um, I think that would be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, l let's go back, though, because we want to talk to you about Mirror Image in general, but we're here to ask you some very specific questions. Thanks to Allison. She's kind of a sleuth and kind of a super fan. <laughs> <laughs> and there's been so much speculation about what scenes were actually shot for the finale based on show scripts that have alternate endings. Um, one of them features Alan Beth at the project in the year 2000 talking about Sam's fate and Al trying to find him. And Don called some of these scenes like nothing more than fan fiction. Uh, but Allison made a discovery. Allison, will you describe to Susan briefly what you found? Well, I was searching on eBay uh, and I got some negatives that were shot during the production of the show. And uh, among those negatives were shots from Mirror Image uh, at the end of you and Dean Stockwell. And no one knew that those scenes were actually shot. So um, that was just a, an amazing discovery to me. So uh, we wanted to ask you about what happened. Yeah, because obviously it's a little bit more than <laughs> fan fiction, right? Allison's pictures prove that. So if there's more to the story, can you enlighten us? You know, it's like going back in time now. I'm trying to rack my brain. Because when you mentioned this to me, I thought, what, did we shoot actual scenes? Or were we just shooting photos? I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to remember <laughs> exactly what happened. I mean, I do know that it seemed like there was going to be an alternative 
there's there definitely it was shot in two ways. Um, you know, we just did the photograph, and then there was something else, and there were you know there was talk about having an alternative ending. So at the time, I don't think I really knew exactly which thing was going to be um, used. Um, but it, you know, when you said this to me before, I said, I wish I was like, I wish I could talk to Dean or Scott because I can't remember exactly what happened. I just do remember that there was a, a chance that there might be something alternative. And so I think that there were things shot, but I, I, you know, I don't have all the details in my brain about what it was exactly. Did you have a chance to talk to anyone else about it? Actually, I did. I talked to the costume designer that was working on those episodes, Jacqueline St. Anne. She didn't remember it, but she remembered or she recognized the silver that you were wearing as hers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in the pictures, there are like uh, boom mics and such. So I, I, it looks like it was filming. Was I wearing the same outfit in the photo that we took of the family? It was. I, um, I feel like I was wearing red in the photo with the family, but it's been quite a while. The photos with the family are in the shot. Like there's the the photos are set up uh, on a, a table, but you're wearing in that scene uh, a southwestern outfit. So there's like a, a leather skirt with a silver belt. And the photos are in black and white, but it seems like a lighter shade than a red would show up in a black and white photo. Yeah, that doesn't seem like that would be the outfit I was wearing for the photo. Wow, so that's very interesting. I can't, I, I mean, I feel like that's what friends are for. I really do remember that. And what happened if it was shot? I, that's what I can't remember. We can um, bring up a link to the pictures if you can see the link, the post uh, on the the Quantum Leap podcast site, and it's got the the negatives on it. So uh, I don't know if seeing it might uh, help your memory at all. When you told me about the outfit, that sounds familiar. I remember for some reason the leather skirt and the belt. So where do I click on to see? Well, if you scroll down uh, past the video, the picture should be there. (gasps) Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I remember this now. We were doing something. And you can see the boom. You can see the boom mic in the shot. So we did. We did shoot this. And as I said, when it was going to air, I I wasn't quite sure if they were going to show it or not. And then I guess it they didn't. Yes, of course. I'm seeing the whole scene there with Steam. And that uh, that outfit was not the outfit that we I wore for the family. In the foreground, you can see the the family photos there that you shot. Yeah, and I can see, you know, now I'm looking at this and he's picked up the photo of something and looking at it and I'm there with him. Yes, I do remember this now. I think it's just that it never was aired, so. Right, and that's what we're trying to get to the bottom of, what was actually shot versus what aired, because this has grown up into something of a legend in in fandom. Yeah, I I mean, I believe that this was shot, and also because you can see the boom mic in the shot and then... Oh, I can't. It's so nice to see this. <laughs> well, it's great. Yeah, that's great. I know. I have not seen Dean since he shot that, so it's also always nice to see him. Yeah, and while while we're on that, I mean, one thing that everybody wanted me to ask you when I told them that I was going to be speaking to you is, what was it like to finally be able to interact with Dean in a scene? It was amazing. You know, he's just one of those actors that um, he puts his whole soul into his work. So when you're in a scene with him. You know, you just, it's like you're just taken to another place. It's like it's really happening. It's all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm in love with this man. And I really care about him. And I, you know, had not even known him very long, but he, 
he really gives all of his himself in, in whatever scene he was doing. So it was just an amazing thing to work with him. Yes, I do remember this now. I just don't remember. I, I never got to see it. So I don't know what happened. Because we're obviously, from looking at this, we're obviously in a scene. It's not like two actors just sitting around chatting. And that's what I was going to ask you, because I know that, uh, Allison, you had mentioned this too, that um, and, and you intimated it, Susan, that sometimes you were on set, I guess, posing for pictures, behind-the-scenes pictures or whatever, and... This, to us, obviously looked like a scene, but it could have just been, for all we knew, just some errant photography that happened while you guys were doing a run-through or something. So now that you see this, can you be reasonably certain that this was something that they were rolling cameras on? Yes, and also because I see the boom in some of the shots. Now, maybe it was a rehearsal, or, um, but I can tell, I mean, because they also have a shot of the final photos that was, is what they used in the show. And obviously, that's where I was wearing the red. I think it was a family Christmas photo that shows we had children and everything. So this this other outfit was the scene. It would be unusual for, for you to be wearing something that the costume designer made, though, if it was a dress rehearsal, right? That, that's not my clothing, uh, my personal wardrobe or anything. So this was clothing for the, the scene, obviously. And I can also just tell by how our interaction that's going on, looking at these stills. It's obviously a scene that's going on. Ah, now that, see, that that right there, that's news. That's breaking news, everyone. You heard it. You heard it from Beth herself, Susan Deal. That was a scene. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I can tell by myself how I'm, how I'm looking at him and everything and how he's looking at me. I just wish I knew what we were saying. Well, it's funny you, you say that because we do have the script pages, the relevant pages, scanned. I scanned them earlier today if, if you would want to take a look at them. Sure. This is great. Oh, I'm so glad to see this. Thank you so much. It's really great that this is something that's new to you and exciting. Well, and it's also interesting to see our clothing. So it's obvious that our characters were living some southwesterny type place, you know, I'm thinking Arizona or the desert, or, you know. It was probably New Mexico because that's, uh, that's where a lot of the future stuff was set. Yeah. Do you remember if there was any... Um, aging makeup or or anything with your hair or anything there was aging makeup i do remember that yes because i believe i was supposed to be you know it's like 20 years later or something but i do remember they put the aging makeup on yes because also i was the mother of grown children in the photo and i can tell by looking at myself as well in those i can tell my my makeup that they've put on uh wrinkles and things this looks like well i look older than that now <laughs> Well, I thought it was very funny when I read in the script that it's Beth and she's aged 20 years and she's as beautiful as ever. And I looked at those pictures and I'm like, Susan doesn't look like she aged 20 years in those photos. She looks she looks just as beautiful as ever. <laughs> so it's, it's funny that you remember aging makeup because well, I, that's barely why I had it. to ask because it was hard to tell in the pictures because, you know, it, it, it doesn't look like they put aging makeup on you. So they did. They did. They did put it on me. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's neat seeing these pictures because it does, it does make me think what a, what a great show that was. And because it, it spanned all of these different times in history, I think it would be a great show to just bring back as is, not to redo, but just to bring it back. You know, on some channel, some channel out there should put it on, I think. I think it does still get some reruns. It probably does. I saw it here in New York on Cozy TV for a little while. Um, I'm going to send you a link to uh, a doc, okay. right? And you can take a look at the script. 
All sorts of file sharing going on. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Susan, for putting up with this process, but it's just terrific to be able to sort of be with you in real time as we uncover this. This is gold. This is absolute gold. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really happy to, because it's just one of my favorite roles I ever played. So I'm very, <laughs> I'm as interested as you are. <laughs> I see this now. I'm seeing, gosh, 93. That was quite a long time ago. Okay, so this this thing that's happening with me and Al in the pictures. Well, let me set the stage for our for our listeners. If if there are four of you out there who are unfamiliar with the way this scene plays out, um, the script has been online for a little while, and a lot of people have probably already read it. But that infamous last scene in Quantum Leap, where Al's picture leaps, and then they just go to the black screen as it aired. There were other things shot for that, and it makes much more sense when you realize that there's an alternate ending where Al's picture transforms into a picture of Al, Beth, and their four daughters, which we got as a title card at the end of the series. It just told us about it. Well, there was an actual shot that showed us this, and in this script as it's presented, they pull back from that picture of Al and his family to the scene that we discovered, thanks to Allison, of Alan Beth talking in their study, in their home at Quantum Leap in the year 2000. So that was the way the transition was originally written. And knowing that, that, that last leap, that last leap of the picture makes so much more sense. And it, it's kind of unfortunate that they didn't at least go with the, I guess it's a wet that's been floating around for such a long time of the shot of just Susan, you and Dean with, with the four girls, because that would have been just as poignant. And then they could have said, and Dr. Beckett never returned home after something like that. It just would have, I don't know why they didn't use it. And as you read the script, how, how's it jogging your memory? Do you recall any of this dialogue? This, I, I do this. I think this is the dialogue that with us in those, um, for, you know, the Western outfits. This is the dialogue of what, you know, in, in, in here it says that I'm sitting half on the chair and half on him. And I think, as I recall, I think that um, Dean wanted me to be sitting and himself standing. He didn't feel that I should be half on him. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is such a long time ago. But this, this does seem like this is the scene. Okay, and this is, this is the shorter scene that, that we're talking about. It's just basically a, a page and a half. Yes. Because the other scene is between Sam. Yeah, so this would be the scene without. Both versions of it play out very similarly, except for the ending, which is either you saying that's what friends are for or convincing him to go leap out, which leads to a, an add-on where, where he leaps. Um, but you think it was the this that's what friends are for version? That's what I think, yeah. That's odd to me that they would set you up. But maybe Don wrote this post post that shot after you guys had wrapped production and it just made it into this special alternate version of the script that has been floating around in fan circles, which I happened to get my hands on a few years ago at a con. Uh, because to have you guys in makeup like that and not shoot both versions, if you could, does that make sense to you, Susan? I seem to recall that while we were on set, I don't know if it was a time issue, but I seem to recall that they kind of made, were making a decision there that they probably 
they might not be using this. That's what I'm thinking. But, you know, I can't, I really can't remember. Was there ever talk about if it was renewed for a sixth season, you coming back for anything? No. It seemed to me that they were thinking this was it. Now, I don't know if that's because how is it be or if it was because of um, Scott or, you know, I don't know if you've spoken to Scott and Dean, if they, it was something that they were wanting to continue afterwards. Um, you know, there's so many different <laughs> reasons a, a show can end and not get renewed and not, and, you know, it could have just been Don Belisario not wanting to continue this story and he had nothing, something else that he was, you know, wanting to focus on. I don't really know. Well, some of the pandemonium that surrounds sort of how the series ended is due to the fact that the network did not let Don know right until The Wire that mm-hmm. they weren't going to be picked up for the sixth season. So they were forced to sort of improvise with this series finale, turn mirror image from a season finale to a series finale. It was always written that it could go that way. But again, some of the choices for the ending, people have just been scratching their heads about. Those last scenes just on the face of it don't make much sense, especially in light of what we've uncovered here with these photos and with, I don't know why they wouldn't use the scene of you guys if it was shot. It could be because they decided maybe they were thinking that there was going to be another season and then they got the, then they got the information that that wasn't going to happen. And so that's why, I mean, maybe it happened that day. I, you know, that, that would make sense. You know what? That does make sense because if we do have a shot of you and Dean, even if it's not mm-hmm. you encouraging him to leap, him saying, I'm going to go find him, and you saying, that's what friends are for. Maybe that mm-hmm. holds out too much hope for poor fans like us. And maybe Don said, no, they need to know that we're just cutting it here. <laughs> and that's yeah. that. I mean, you know, and sorry, that's not going to come strong back. He's a guy. He, so he probably was just like, <laughs> okay, then let's not do it. I mean, you know, he, he doesn't mince words. <laughs> yeah. So that's, yeah, that's probably true. what happened, I, I would imagine. And maybe... You know, maybe it hadn't even been shot. Maybe we were in a rehearsal to shoot it, and then somebody came in and said, "You know what? We're not shooting it." It's, it, it's. I don't know. That, that's what could have happened. Um, but I do remember doing the scene and um, saying the lines. But because the mic is in the shot, that makes me think that it wasn't actually, uh, even if it was shot like a rehearsal or, or a, you know the first uh, first shot. Because if that's the only footage you have and, and the mic goes in and out of the shot, that would seem like it's um, not a, a completed scene. Do you know what I'm saying? Also, it's just a, it's just the, uh, it's the wide shot, uh, the master shot. There, mm-hmm. Were there any other close-ups or anything? Or is this all the footage that you have, these shots? These. I mean, the there's about um, 60 or so pictures there from different angles. So some of them are a little closer, but... Um, because they're they're from a set photographer. They're not from uh, from footage. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that the, I I think that that's what happened. I think we were going to be shooting the scene, and we were rehearsing it, and then the people said, "No, it's, we're not. It's not happening." That's what I think happened. Although hmm. it could have been, you know, they could have shot the master, but and if you if the person was taking. This could have been a rehearsal, and if if, you're, if there are other shots in those sixty photos where there is no boom in the shot, then perhaps we did shoot the whole thing. Um, I'd have to look at those pictures, but that that seems 
likely that a, that a photographer would be shooting from different angles every time we do a take, although I don't know if the camera would be making noise. I don't know. They must have silent um, cameras, the photographers, the on-set photographers. Yeah, I see what you're saying, because if someone's snapping away, you would hear that shutter. It would it would destroy whatever speed you have going uh, yeah, that's sound-wise. What, yeah. yeah. So um, this could have been taken on breaks or while you guys were rehearsing. And that's that's what I was sort of thinking, because it, yeah. it's kind of odd to have – they wouldn't be shooting scenes if you guys were actually – like, I mean, a set photographer would not be shooting you if you were actually rolling, w- would they? Right. I don't think so, but I, you know, I don't know that much about photography. I, I to know if they can have silent photography. Yeah, I don't know. But this is very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> One interesting thing that uh, Jacqueline Saint Anne noted uh, is that she recognized the the silver pieces that you were wearing as hers, uh, but she didn't recognize Dean Stockwell's outfit. She said that it must have been his own. So. Uh, it's it's feasible if you guys were rehearsing it. Maybe that was just his clothes. It could possibly be. I I never I don't remember seeing him dressed that way. But you know I'm not I'm not I'm not exactly sure. Um, oh wow! So the mystery deepens. Curiouser and curiouser. <laughs> I know <laughs> it looks like a costume to me, but um, I can't remember what he what he was wearing in his you know when he wasn't on set. I mean, it does fit the Southwestern theme, so it does seem like it's part of the scene. Yes. Well, if I can throw a little bit of gasoline onto the fire, um, it just doesn't seem flamboyant enough for Al, even if he's relaxing at home. So <laughs> I wonder, did uh, Allison, you said you, you spoke to um, the, the costume designer and this. Was, was Jean-Pierre Dorliac involved in this in any, in any capacity that you know of? Well, I talked to Jean-Pierre Dorliac about it, uh, and he wasn't working on these episodes uh, because he was doing Heart and Souls. And so he got me in touch with Jacqueline St. Anne, and she was the one that did uh, the, the costumes for most of season five, I think. Okay, okay. Because I know having heard Albie talk to Jean-Pierre, he seems to have a mind like a steel trap so oh he remembers everything he was, yeah, exactly <laughs> so he might be able to tell us too but anyway that's that's a whole separate interview susan <laughs> well, he, you've been <laughs> sorry no no i think you've you've just been this is so this is so great because it's almost like the end of mirror image we're going to be talking about this for years to come <laughs> because there's just so much like really good knowledgeable speculation brought up here. And, uh, it, it thank you. It, it, it's terrific. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm geeking out a little bit here. So I'm sorry, Allison. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I just want to say it's, it's great to be able to meet you, Susan. It really is. Oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm, it's such a pleasure to meet you both and, uh, to know that there are other fans of, of the show other than me. <laughs> Cause I'm a big fan of the show myself. Yeah, that came through in your first interview with Albie. And like you, I can't hear Georgia on my mind without thinking of you. I mean, you come into my mind every time I hear that song, and I do get choked up, and I'll be in the middle of Costco, and I'll be like, damn you, Susan Deal. So. <laughs> you know what's so funny? The same thing happens to me. I, I Every time I hear that song, I'm like taken right back. It's almost like it's a real memory. I mean, it is a real memory, but it, it, in the, the, the in the shooting of it, it's... It's, I can't explain it. It really, I, the love and just, uh, it, and you know, it's just a strange phenomena. I mean, I, I had so much love for Dean Stockwell. And every time I hear that song, I think of him. And it's funny. I don't know where he is in the world or what he's doing or how he is. I, you know, he's made a huge impression on me as a human being. So 
that's I, I feel the same way every time I hear that song. I'm taken right back. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That is great. And obviously, since you are such a fan, I mean, Mirror Image has been a controversial episode. It's kind of polarized fandom. Some absolutely love it, like me. Some absolutely loathe it. And being that you were such an integral part of the mythology of the show, I mean, what do you think about the ending? You're obviously a fan, as well as someone who appeared as a character. Do you have any strong opinions on the way the series ended? You know, I think I, w- I was fine with the ending. I just, I think I would have liked to have seen the show continue. So it wasn't that I didn't like the episode. It was just like, oh, man, really? They can't, it can't go on? <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think that's, that was my, my main feeling. Because um, I always felt like the writing and the directing and the acting was just so superb so that every episode I would get sucked in. But I think that that was my biggest disappointment as a fan of the show. Like those characters, Sam and Al characters, it's just like, oh, God. And it was such a great concept, really. I just love that concept of slipping into other people and, you know, helping people. And, you know, it's just really lovely. So that that would be my main thing. Yeah, and we've, we've, as fans, been forced to move on, unfortunately, but I'm sure you've moved on. I'm sure <laughs> you've moved on as well. And it's been a long time since we last spoke. I mean, we had you for an extended interview during our MIA episode, but that was quite a while ago. So get us up to speed. What what are you working on these days? Oh, um, well, I've been doing a lot of independent films. Um, I did an episode of Notorious last year, and then I'm... Um, I'm in a theater company here, the Road Theater Company, and I, I'm an actor and a and a director. And um, then I also have been shooting little short films, and I'm on a pro- working on a project now um, with uh, my boyfriend who lives in Iceland. So we're co-writing. A, a, it's we don't know exactly what it's going to turn out to be. If it's going to be a film or if it's going to be a, a little series that can be in Iceland and in America, but it's um, just the dynamic of our goofy friendship relationship and then um uh, we dress up as different characters kind of like quantum leap no (laughs) (laughs) and as a comedy it's a comedy so um we're writing that and we've already shot episodes and then uh we're gonna try to pitch it and then get it made fundraise money for it and uh yeah go from there so and then i've written a couple plays that i'm working on rewriting and uh you know, looking, I'm going to meet with a new agent next week, try to start getting more acting work again. So we'll see, you know. And we'd love to see more of you. Is there, is there any place our fans can follow you on social media? Oh, well, I think I'm on Twitter um, and uh, Instagram, but I, I had a website, but I, I haven't, I'm going to be relaunching the website probably in a couple months. So then on that, um, I'll probably have um, more updated work that I've been doing. All right. Now, Susan, I know we've been talking about it for a little while, but Albie told me, our executive producer and the host of the show, that this very well, for all we know, might be the last word we ever get about Mirror Image on the Quantum Leap podcast. Who knows what could happen in the future? And (laughs) we have you on the hook, so we can't let you go (laughs) without asking you if there are any other memories that you have of producing that episode. I know that you had to recreate that Georgia scene in your scenes with Scott, and that's not something that we really have spoken about. But I'd I'd like to know more beyond what we've been trying to uncover with this lost scene. Just what that shooting day was like, and if you have any other things to recount from the set, or any other things that you want to say about Mirror Image. 
you know, um, it was just, it was like a, just a surreal experience, um, shooting that scene. You know, it's how it, there was, my, my character was smoking, so there's all this kind of smokiness and this slowness, and it was, I felt like I was in a, you know, like an old film or something. I, it was really like being transported back into time. And it was, it was like a real heartbreak. I, it's just a very strange experience and um, strangely wonderful. So it had a big effect on me as a, as a person. Um, and just as an actress as well. Because I think to me, it was you know, probably the favorite role I've ever done. I haven't quite had an opportunity like that. So, and the set, everybody on the set was just very respectful and caring and and emotional. I mean, it's almost like we all were feeling this emotion at the same time. So, um, it was just a profound experience. And, and like I said, every time that, every time I hear that song, I, I'm taken back to that that moment in time on the set with Dean every time I ever hear that song. And I, and I start to cry. <laughs> so, I don't know. What is life? What is fake and what is real? I'm not exactly sure because something real is happening on that day. Allison, do you have any other questions? Um, I was curious if uh, you had ever been asked about the, the alternate ending in Mirror Image. No, I had never been asked. This is the first time. Were Were you ever um, told uh, what you could talk about? I, I'm just curious why uh, Donald Belisario was so secretive about it. You know, I don't remember there being any kind of a gag order about it, but I, I do remember feeling very disappointed <laughs> that they didn't, that it wasn't in the show, that they didn't go that route. I do remember feeling that. Mm. Okay, yeah, uh, Allison. Thanks, because I was thinking that. I mean, are 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 you not able to talk about it, Susan, or is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I can't. I can't remember that exactly. Right. So, so now if they come after me because <laughs> so, watch out. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, I don't remember that being asked of me. All right, Susan. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure and a joy. And I just want to thank you personally as a fan of Quantum Leap to be able to speak to somebody who plays such an integral role in one of the most pivotal scenes and one of the most emotional sort of story beats of my favorite series. It's just, it's just a joy that I'm able to say thank you. Thank you in person. I will always, always remember MIA and Mirror Image as highlights of my Quantum Leap fandom, and you are an integral part of that. So so Aww. thank you so much. I don't know what else. I know Aww. I'm gushing, but thank you. Oh, thank you. No, thank you. That means so much to me. I really appreciate the fact that um, you're saying that to me, and um, I always uh, I always like talking to you guys, so um, I, I'm, glad you're, I'm glad you're there out there keeping the show alive. <laughs> Susan was so sweet. 
Like she was really nice to us. She she was very kind, and I I love talking to her. Yeah, she was terrific. And uh, yeah, hi everybody. We are back, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to agree with Allison on that because um, we just got off the phone with her, and she was so so sweet, as you heard in the interview, and just so genuine. And what I loved the best was it not mind blowing, Allison, for her to sort of make that discovery along with us. Yeah. Let's see if we can recap, Allison. Help me out here. So she believes that the scene was actually filmed or they were setting up to film it. And that's when the set photographer likely took those shots. Yes. Um. Well, and you can see in the in the shots that they're doing elements of the scene. So if they weren't filming at that time, they were rehearsing it, maybe doing like a, a blocking rehearsal. Right, right, a walkthrough. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, she had the, the makeup done, the old age makeup, and uh, she was wearing a, an outfit or at least pieces of an outfit that was done by Jacqueline St. Anne, who was the costume designer for that time. And there's a boom mic in the shot as well. So it definitely seems like they were filming or getting ready to film. And what she suspected was they either filmed it or they were starting to. And then that's when they found out that they weren't getting renewed or they decided to pull it. it that seemed to be where she was leading. Yeah. And now, Matt, um, having familiarity with the way things work on set and alternate takes and alternate scripts and, and everything. Based on what Susan told us, do you think that footage probably exists of this? Yeah, undoubtedly. It seems very unlikely that they would have had the makeup done, the boom mic in place without, as, as Alison said, without at least them being about to film. And so we only really have two possibilities here. Either they filmed and that footage exists out there somewhere, or they were just about to film and someone runs onto set in the middle and says, stop, uh, we've, we've got to pull this now. And the latter is very dramatic and it's a lovely image, but it <laughs> just doesn't it doesn't seem that plausible. You know, that's the kind of thing that happens if there's strikes or major financial issues, not just because, OK, word comes down, we may not be being renewed. In that case, even if they realised at that point in the day, I think they'd have finished off that filming. If they were that close, they were all set the time taken to actually do the shoot would have been minimal by comparison. So I'm convinced based on that evidence that the footage did exist and, and therefore probably does still exist because we know Universal has a good vault. So if it was made, it, it probably still exists. Someone after this came out uh, said in the comments on the Facebook page that they had seen this ending. And I don't know how true that is. It's sort of that insight that I wanted to get into because both of you guys seem to be very knowledgeable about film. What happens when they're done with the stuff, with the outtakes, with, with the stuff that they don't use? Is that saved as a matter of course? Or could that stuff just be thrown away? What What's sort of the procedure with that stuff? Or does it vary from show to show? Do either of you have an insight on that? I would think it would depend on the production, uh, whether they have archives of these sorts of things. Like, uh, for instance, there's movies that they've cut things from that the footage is just gone because, you know, they just got rid of it and they didn't think it was worth saving. So I think it depends I would think Universal would probably archive it, but uh, I don't know what their procedures are. 
Yeah, I mean, from from my understanding, yeah, sure, it, it varies a lot from from studio to studio and production to production. We know uh, Star Trek has um, the the next generation and and its spin-offs have got the full negatives uh, still exist because that's how the the next generation Blu-rays were rebuilt. There's also it's it's generally believed that the 1996 Doctor Who TV movie that was co-produced with Universal. All the footage for that, um, it's believed, exists in Universal's vaults. And and that's where I think, well, it, that, that seems like Universal have a, a reasonably good uh, archiving process. If that Doctor Who footage still exists from 96, it's quite plausible that Quantum Leap footage from 93 may well do as well. Well, they certainly saved the HD masters that they had for the episodes. So I don't know what that means about extra footage, but they certainly didn't just save the tapes for it. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But the, the editing was done on film. So they, they had the original film. They edited it onto the films that they've been able to restore for the Blu-rays. And then, yeah, obviously down to tape for broadcast. The existence of the edited films in itself doesn't necessarily suggest they've got all the raw footage. But yeah, it, it seems very likely. One thing that I I wanted to bring up, and I I don't know if I'm changing the direction a little bit, but um, what I really liked about uh, discovering that this ending existed or was going to exist, like my feelings are they filmed it, but who knows. But um, I like that it clarifies some things that aren't seen on screen, because the way that Mirror Image ends with... uh, Sam changing Al's life uh, and saying that, you know, he got together with Beth, it kind of leaves the question open. Did he write Al out of his life? Yeah. Um, Did that change the course of his life? And did that mean that they never knew each other? And this clarifies that, yes, they did. It didn't mean he wasn't part of the project and it didn't uh, change their friendship. I have to think, though, having written the characters, I mean, Sam would have found Al in a much different place. Uh, take it for granted that they met. Don said they were always fated to meet and work together on Project Quantum Leap. That's always sacrosanct, no matter how the history may change around them. But the washed-up alcoholic that Sam saw something in and gave a second chance to when everybody else told him to forget about this guy would not have existed. Hmm. So it's interesting. It's an interesting what if. If Al had had a stable relationship and he wasn't fighting all these demons from his past, who would he have been? Well, and also, uh, you would have to think about the reasonings behind him becoming an alcoholic and being in that state. Uh, Certainly, the stuff with Beth would have contributed to it. But as a character, I mean, he still was a POW for years. Um, and a lot of that happens to a lot of vets. So uh, there's also other elements of his life that could have led to that, maybe not in the same state or maybe not to that extent. Or, you know, there's all sorts of ways it could have gone, but uh, it doesn't necessarily change how that happened either. All right. That's that's fair, I'd say. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I think I'd, I'd agree with Alison's first point. I mean, the the episode as aired is quite open-ended, but to me, um, I've spent um, the last 20-something years seeing that as being, okay, Sam's rewritten Al's history, they never meet, and that's why he never returns home. The, the captions don't spell that out, but that's always what they said to me. When I first saw the script, I thought, okay, all right, I can see how they might have been toying with something different, but I still stand by this rewriting of history, knowing that the script actually got that much further. um, Yeah, now I'm starting to rethink things and think actually, yeah, maybe they were 
they were fated to meet. It does put a whole new spin on the ending of it and on what was going through Don's mind at the time. And I also think it would have been interesting if they did pull this off and say the scene was filmed and they did happen to go into a series six, whether or not it was Al in the space bar or some other, the fundamentals of leaping would have been different because Sam is now leaping as himself. They intimate in that space bar scene that Al is leaping into people because he looks in the mirror and he sees like this hot woman in the gold or the silver, silver jumpsuit or something like that. I don't know what it was, but it's very much him leaping like Sam would leap while Sam is off leaping himself now and apparently is himself throughout time. If they had ever caught up and things had gotten back to status quo, which I'm sure they would have because, hello, network television in the 90s, <laughs> you have a premise. You're not going to break the premise. What you're going to do is have a couple of very special episodes getting things back to normal, uh, maybe even just one episode so that people can get what they're used to. But I wonder if it would have changed the dynamic between Al and Sam because Sam would probably remember both histories at this point where Al might not. Or This is all complete fan geek you know, speculation on my part. It's just interesting to see if they would have played with the different wrinkles that this new history would have put into their relationship as uh, best friends. Yeah, and you know, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said network TV in the 90s. I don't think it would have done, but I think it definitely should have done. You, you're quite right. It should have changed that dynamic. The reality is the desire to, especially with Quantum Leap, to, to flip-flop the order around. Um, that kind of character development just wasn't there so much. So I think that's something that would have been much better explored um, in the, the series of novels had the novels um, taken that tactic of, of having post-mirror image stories. Um, I think that that's where that kind of character development really sits better. But uh, yeah, it would have been great to have seen that play out on screen. Yeah, and in the novels, too. I was back a million years ago when I got my novel published. I was still in contact with Ginger Buchanan, who was the editor of the Quantum Leap novel series. And she had mentioned to me that she would have loved to have done a post-mirror image collection of short stories, <laughs> just from different authors from the series and out of the series to speculate on what the show would have been post-mirror image. And... I, it got me thinking about some stuff, and I actually wrote a post-mirror image story that caps off things that I had questions about. And it's really good. Oh, I know you. the story you mean. Oh, you have? Okay. You've, okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it's good, but it's just like it was an exercise in me saying, what if, you know, because we never got those answers. Hmm. Like you, Matt, I think it, it probably would have been better suited for the books, for the pure fan side of it because we mm -hmm. know it would have changed and we could have explained those changes like you i think tv would have returned to the original paradigm quite quickly so do you guys think it would have been al as the observer again and sam leaping as himself or do you think al would have leapt after him or what do you think direction they would have gone in me personally i think that al would have leapt after him they would have found some way to get al back home but now that he's reestablished connection with sam Ziggy can track Sam again because he's willingly connected to the project. And there you have your season six where he can leap into a baby and leap into a cartoon and leap into Magnum and every other stupid idea that Don wanted to do for season six. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like the, I don't like the idea of him just leaping as himself, like on a regular basis. Because one of the special things about the show I found was the stepping into someone else's shoes element. And you take that away if it's just like, you know, 
he appears and then he's part of their life mysteriously by magic they know that he's here to help yeah. or something you know i feel like it, it it then turns into like um an incredible hulk kind of situation you know where he wanders from place to place <laughs> and helps someone and he's the mysterious stranger and i feel like you know it, it's so much more special to have him have to live someone else's life and having him as himself uh, doesn't quite have that same magic. Yeah, maybe they would have explained it in the series that he has to leap into somebody in order to stay with the project. What I loved about Mirror Image, and a lot of people hate it, but I love that it was an evolution of Sam's leaping. And the fact that you are leaping yourself, and no, you don't really need to leap into somebody. You can go and do good. And what really strikes me about that episode is Stoppa. When he leaps out, Sam is the only one that remembers him. It's not that he didn't do any good. It's just that he was there to do what he had to, to save Tonchi and Pete. Once he did, he left. It's like he was never there. And the bartender said, you know, that's just the way it is. You know, uh, one day he's saving dead miners' lives and the next nobody even remembers he was there. How can that be? Sometimes that's the way it is. It's just, just the answer. And I think that when you think about the ramifications of that scene, Beth when she was just like, oh my God, who are you? And he's just like, don't worry. You know, I'm just going to tell you this story. Al's alive and he's coming home. He leaps out of there. She probably doesn't remember him, mm. mm -hmm. but she does remember that Al's alive and he's coming home. So that's the way, that's my fan retcon mm -hmm. in the sense that he'll probably leap in, do what he has to do, can probably do it a lot more directly. And then when he's gone, they're not going to remember him, but the changes that he affected will remain. Well, that's, I think, what they were hinting at. And I think you're correct. That's how it would have been if, if it was him leaping as himself. Uh, but again, would that work on network TV? Yeah, they, they would have struggled to keep that going um, for any longer than maybe the opening episode of season six. Yeah, I would have liked to see, uh, even on a temporary basis, Al and Sam on a leap together. Oh, definitely. I mean, that would have been really cool. <laughs> yeah, I could talk about this for another two hours. How would Sam have leaped? What would the dynamics be? What would Al be doing? But, I mean, let's, <laughs> let's circle back to where we began and uh, just finding these negatives. I want to thank you, Allison. I mean, because it's it's really opened up a rich vein of discussion. And um, that's something that, as fans of Quantum Leap, we haven't had a lot of in recent years, except for the occasional threat of a reboot, which never materializes. So it's so wonderful to be able to speak about something new that's concrete, you know? Well, thank you. And and thanks for having me on here. Like, I, I'm really glad that it's getting people excited and, and even just people talking about Quantum Leap again. There's a lot of people that haven't thought about it in a while. And they're like, wait, oh, there's an ending. Well, I haven't watched that show in years. I got to rewatch it. And Matt, I mean, again, we, we were talking, I was joking before about rewriting your book. But I mean, discovering this puts a lot of things into new light, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I said it earlier on, but um, research is, it's always happening. It's, it's very, it's very fluid thing. When I was researching for the book, I was discovering in air quotes, uh, lots of things that were new to me, but that were known to fandom. And, and a lot of the point of the book was about pulling those bits together and trying to make something coherent out of it. So once I kind of got myself up to date and, and become, uh, again, air quotes, expert in the show and was able to put that book together. Now, actually being here to witness the discovery of something that actually does throw a whole new light onto to one of the key moments, um, really exciting. Yeah, there's, there's several pages of the 800 odd pages in the book that now need a little bit of a tweak. So who knows, who knows what might happen in the future? But uh, yeah, certainly... Um, it's it's great to know that uh, there's still new stuff out there to be discovered. 
Yeah, and uh, when it is discovered, we will bring it to you here first, or maybe second or third on the Quantum Leap Podcast, but you'll hear it here. You'll hear it here for sure, and we'll do special episodes like this because we have our hooks and everything. So, guys, thanks so much for uh, joining us and bringing this to light. I'm so glad. I'm so proud to be working with you guys, that you're on our crew and that we get to work together. Here's to a bright future for Quantum Leap. I think we can all agree on that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's go, Allison. You just sparked a reboot. So, <laughs> reboot, reboot. Hey, yeah, if I had any hand in that, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Quantum Leap Podcast, hosted by Christopher D. Philippus and Allison Pregler, with special guest Matt Dale. Visit us at quantumleappodcast.com. To support the show, please go to patreon.com slash quantumleappodcast. This episode of the Quantum Leap Podcast was sponsored by Matt, Tom, and Donald. The Quantum Leap Podcast is edited by Christopher DeFilippis and Albie. The production assistant is Jesse Newman. Juan Morrow, Christopher DeFilippis, and Hayden McQueenie are co-executive producers. The thoughts expressed on this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent or reflect those of the Quantum Leap Podcast its partners or affiliates. The Quantum Leap Podcast is not associated with Belisarius Productions or Universal Television, and no copyright infringement is intended. Please visit barrenspace.com for this and other amazing content. The Quantum Leap Podcast is a Baron Space production.